Char Chat is a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. Hello, everybody. It's Monday, April 30th, 2018. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Tanner. And you're listening to Chart Chat, your weekly guide to the past week of pop singles hitting the U.S. and U.K. charts. Tanner, how is life? Life's pretty good. Nearing the end of the semester, so, you know, just kind of wrapping up projects and Mm. looking towards that summer. Yeah. It's almost, it's like tantalizing this time of year because there are so many amazing live music shows happening in Charlottesville right now that I was at one on Wednesday, I think, that uh, some of my former students were in. And there was also one happening at the Jefferson that I wanted to go to. And there was another one. And I'm like, oh my God, why are you doing this now? I have so much stuff to do. Like, leave it leave me alone and i just look at that and i'm like man so many live shows for me to continue not going to this is great oh my god (laughs) (laughs) well we can continue avoiding the live shows by diving into this week's chart debuts on the uk side at number 96 we have 6ix9ine with his song gaudy at number 93 we have lil pump with esketit number 92 we have sway lee and slim jimmy with guatemala at number 89, we have Lasky with Forrest Gump. At number 81, we have Florence and the Machine with Sky Full of Song. At number 71, Five Seconds of Summer debuts with their song Youngblood. At number 65, we have Dennis Lloyd with his song Nevermind. At number 31, we have Nicki Minaj, Barbie Tings. Number 26, we also have Nicki Minaj with Chun Li. And at number 20, topping the debuts this week, we have former One Direction member Zayn with his song Let Me. And over here on the U.S. side of things, you're going to see a lot of similarities with a couple new ones uh, thrown in there. At number 99, you have once again 6ix9ine with his song Gaudy, uh, one of those unique entries here. Uh, Young Thug featuring Nicki Minaj with their song Anybody. That debuts at number 89. Debut at number 84, there's Swaley and Slim Jimmy of Ray Shremmerd with their song Guatemala. Zayn debuts at number 73 with Let Me Cry Pretty. Carrie Underwood, she's back debuts at number 48 and our highest entry over on the u.s side of things debuting at number 24 lil pump let it but before we talk to that because you know we're going to talk about lil pump <laughs> caitlin what you got lil pump. i want to start out with sky full of song when i saw florence and the machine was back on the charts i was like so stoked because i don't think they've come out with anything since 2016 which is uh, a pretty long time to go on not hiatus but just kind of drop off the radar a little bit a little bit of background i don't know if they need introduction but florence and the machine is an english indie rock band they formed in 2007 they're london-based although florence welch uh she is the lead singer lives in la now we'll bring that up a little bit later In 2009, they received the Critics' Choice Award at the Brit Awards, and they are a collective of two women. Florence Welch, 31, I already mentioned her. She's a singer. I thought she was impressive as it is just because of her vocal prowess, 
But her musical partner is way more, I guess, involved. And maybe she's a little bit scrappy. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of background on her. Her name is Isabella Summers. She is not only a musician, singer, a songwriter, but she's also a producer and a remixer, which is kind of huge because we see a lot of men in the industry kind of taking those last two roles. And Summer has written and remixed tracks for artists including Beyonce, Iggy Azalea, Nas, Cara Devangeline, Jessica Simpson, Rita Ora, like there's a massive list of stars. When she was in college, and this one really gets me, this story, she created her own studio with her friend in London. Do you know how expensive that would be? <laughs> oh my God. And they made hip hop. That's so sweet. So sweet. Yeah. For like, you see, and again, you see a lot of men doing this, which is why I'm bringing it up because it is, it's kind of a big deal. Uh, the band was not started by Florence. Interestingly enough, it was started by Summers, and it's kind of funny their uh, name, I guess. Yeah, Florence, obviously, and Isabella goes by The Machine. So she is the machine half of this band name, and that is because she's really good at computer stuff and producing. Isabella Summers co-wrote The Dog Days Are Over, so that debuted uh, and peaked on the UK official charts number 23. So... I thought it actually got higher. When I was doing my research uh, for this, I thought it definitely was a number one. Was that a song you were familiar with previously? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, And I was also familiar with Spectrum. This one uh, debuted at number 104 on the UK singles chart. But in July 2012, following the release of Calvin Harris's remix of the song, it climbed. And that became the band's number one single. Should we play a little clip of it? Sure. Great house track. Really like it. Uh, it's a little different than Calvin Harris's recent output, so it's kind of cool to compare. I'd also like to note that Florence sang and shared a stage with Dizzy Rascal at Glastonbury in 2010, and I stumbled upon this in my research for this week, and I almost went berserk. You would have died if you were there. I. It would have been the highlight of my life, easily. And I am in love with Florence. She represents everything about the rebelliousness of my teenage years, perhaps I will go so far to say. My mom Ooh. will laugh at me for that. <laughs> um, so without further ado, let us listen to their first release since 2016. This is Sky Full of Song. And I can tell that I'm in trouble when that music starts to play. In a city without seasons, it keeps raining in LA. I feel like I'm about to fall, the room begins to sway And I can hear the sirens, but I cannot walk away Grab me by my ankles, I've been flying for too long I couldn't hide from the thunder in a sky full of song And I want you so badly, but you could be anyone 
It's so ominous. Edgy. How so? I really just feel like it's edgy in the sense that you have this stripped down, just instrumental of like a bass guitar that's not resounding in any way. It's really, it's muted, right? And you have these vocal harmonies that are just, it's front and center. And it's edgy, I think, to do that with your voice now. There's nothing, she's not hiding behind anything. So like bold. Yes. Daring. Okay. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan. I don't know if anybody picked up on the slow chimes. Hmm. Like it's not a kind of chime. It, they're just almost hit, you know, very sparingly. You have a little bit of piano, some, you know, poetry snaps. You have strings towards the end. It's, but overall, it's super thin and it just makes it incredibly intense for me to listen to it. Do you have a, a different experience? I mean, I think... It, for better for worse kind of like you're saying i think a lot of it depends on how you feel about her voice i was mentioning to you over the past week even though i have a lot of friends that love florence and the machine like going back to undergrad i've actually never listened to them before um so this like i've probably heard a song or two before but this is my first time like sitting down and being like i'm listening to a florence and the machine song this is Mm. what it sounds like i don't know if her voice really does much for me either way Man. Like positive or negative, at least on this song. Um, but I think that's something, like you're saying, like it's very tasteful. That I'd like if we're, th- if we're talking about adjectives that come to mind, this, this sounds very stately. Like there's a sense of poise mm, yes. to it. And that is part of her I, aesthetic. Uh, like, okay. yeah, aesthetic persona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so, you know, it didn't do anything for me, but I can totally mm. see how for other people. <laughs> it, bring, it brings forth this sort of reaction you. yeah no yeah, it, yeah, in, yeah. A good, in a good way yeah no i love the the depth to her voice i really like how she's powerful in her delivery in not only the falsetto the higher notes she sings but also these kind of deep lower notes and that's kind of a lana del rey thing too that mm. i love mm-hmm. about general pop vocals mm-hmm. so whenever it has that quality i'm always my ears perk up the production on this is really cool i think it makes it sound like she's singing in an empty warehouse and that's something that i'm a huge fan of mm. um i don't you're the production guy out mm. of the two of us i don't, I don't know about that oh, well mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean you said compared to you <laughs> uh, i mean you said warehouse and that seems a little a little dingy for for her maybe like a like an empty, an empty mansion or something like that, like the foyer of some multi-million-dollar house. She's not quite Lana Del Rey, but well, I mean, it, it almost reminds me a little bit of that Georgia Smith song, "Let Me Down." In terms of having that very, like, I, I don't think the sense of tragedy is quite as strong in this song as it was in that other one, but yeah. there's still that sense of, uh, I guess, loneliness. Mm within such a large space that you're talking about. Yeah, and studios are so advanced these days that I was recently reading about how studios can make their sound or the overall, I guess, space sound like you're performing in a church that's really echoey or you're performing in these spaces, there are options. And I think this is a really cool approach to what she was going for here in this song. 
topically or maybe the subject of the song eluded me for a while. I was like, oh, it's just a bunch of lyrics strung together, kind <laughs> of. But I looked up on Genius Lyrics, and I again, I don't know how accurate this is, but it seems to be about her current relationship with her boyfriend and uh, her family, and they all live in the UK while she has been writing and performing in L.A., So you can imagine the insecurities of that, uh, living on separate continents from the people you love, and how that would affect music making. So all of you Florence fans out there, I'm sure you can hear uh, somewhat of maybe a deject tone uh, in her voice compared to something like Dog Days Are Over or Spectrum or something like that. Especially if you're talking about transatlantic distance. Mm -hmm. Of course, yeah. I think a couple of the lines stood out to me. Uh, in the bridge, she she sings, and I want you so badly, but you could be anyone. That kind of like stuck with me a little bit. It's so cliche, right? You feel like you've heard that in every pop song, but it's like, oh, her voice just, it sounds so sad. I love it. Tanner's laughing hysterically away from the mic. No, in so. a good way, in a good way, <laughs> in a good way. Your enthusiasm is infectious. Good, yay. Yeah. Um, the verse uh, that stuck stuck out to me, the most was I was screaming at my father and you were screaming at me I can feel your anger from way across the sea it feels like a ballad but it's filled with like teenage emotion and this like you said kind of stately self-awareness Florence is 31 you know and she's still kind of playing though these introspective adult insecurities she's making them really prevalent in this track my last point And then I will digress to my shallow dive for my next pick. I was talking to my colleague Tim Booth at a show on Wednesday, the one I was talking about earlier, and we spoke a little bit about how hard it must be to write good pop music. And in most cases, you can tell when you're watching an amateur band or, you know, somebody who hasn't made it big yet, when they're playing covers and when they're playing Mm. originals, right? And... We were talking about when do you get to that point that you start writing either good pop songs or maybe not good. We shouldn't use that word, but we should use neutral. Like, Mm -hmm. when do you get into that club lyrically, right? So we heard a lot of covers. We heard a lot of good originals. The bands are fantastic. But this song kind of made me think of that conversation because the lyrics are kind of hit and miss for me a little bit. You know, I was so confused by it, but still liked it. but But too vague. A little vague, okay. yeah. So anyway, Tanner, if you have any any more thoughts on Florence, I don't, unfortunately. That is totally fine. Uh, I hope that you do one of your album listenings, though, for her. Very exciting stuff, and I believe her album is going to come out this year. Very. I'll be there. High anticipation. As I alluded to, my next pick will be in contrast to Tanner's deep dive. We're gonna do a shallow dive on one Zayn Malik. His song, Let Me. He doesn't need much of an introduction, obviously. He's a former member of One Direction. And I wrote a really fun review of Liam Payne earlier in the semester. And I mentioned him as uh, the One Direction member who has gone most R&B or kind of the most sexy with his music. And of all of the members. Or temp set sexy. (laughs) Thanks, Tanner. (laughs) Too mean. Me, I mean, no, you can be mean for this song. Okay. Uh, I find the title of the song and also its lyrics a bit off-putting. It's a bit, I think, Zane forcing himself onto someone 
and it made me uncomfortable to listen. Especially when paired with the music video where it looks like he buys a woman. Like there's an exchange of money and then she goes with it. Like I don't. We're going to get into the music video in a bit. But for now, here's Zane's Let Me. (laughs) Sweet baby, your sex has meaning. No, this time you stay till the morning. Just one night together exclusively a game before we get into my lyrical crisis i love games okay my game is sound associations what does this song sound like to me it sounds like a combination of cindy lopper time after time if you're a fan of the movie napoleon dynamite like i am there's a lovely scene in a dance where this song is played it also sounds like nsync I'm going to walk you through a couple of the things so I could back up my my um, claims here. No, I'm buying it. Oh, but, Tanner's but, totally buying oh, it. Oh, yeah. Take a listen to the beginning of Time After Time. This is by Cindy Lauper. So my argument is that this song, Time After Time, sounds like the verses of Zane's Let Me. It's just got this this really synthy, you know, foundation that you build up everything else on, right? Sure. <laughs> Excellent. I think my next example will stick out even more, especially as the chorus opens up in Zane, right? We yeah. get this acoustic guitar we get these almost kind of smooth r&b sounds more so than the the cindy lopper the kind of plain Mm -hmm. synth backing track you get steady canned pre-canned beats i love talking about pre-canned beats i'm talking uh this semester a lot about country music and their dislike of pre-canned beats but we are talking about top 100 music where they love it there's also usually sparkly chimes in, you know, if we're talking about R&B, um, that's another common association I have with this. And while it's not in Zane's Let Me, it is in this NSYNC song, This I Promise You. I'm going to play a little clip for you. When you should come, standing here Right where you belong. To 
I'm really happy to throw back to that clip because it made me feel like chivalry may not have been dead. Whereas in this song, we have the opening line, Sweet baby, our sex has meaning. <laughs> no, this time you'll stay till the morning. Blah. Uh. Like, are you, could you not figure out a way to make that a little more subtle? Or apparently not. Have some kind of innuendo that probably would have been equally as bad, but at least we wouldn't have to hear him say that. And then we have. Moving on in the song, give me your body and let me love you like I do. Come a little closer and let me do those things to you. This feeling will last forever, baby. That's the truth. Let me be your man so I can love you. I feel like also that has been said by every man ever to some girl, which is a terrible thing to say, but... It's like a weird attempt at being romantic, but sours into like possessiveness in a really yeah, uncomfortable way. It does, right? Like this will last forever, even if you don't mean it. You know what I'm, I'm talking about? Yeah. It's very, very odd. And the chorus is so uninteresting. For the rest of my life, for the, you know, it's just not, it's not even endearing. His tone isn't warm. It's not enticing it's you know he's trying to sell himself here of like you know spend the rest of your life with me you'd think it would be a little bit more pulling uh, at your heartstrings perhaps more Tanner. of a better sales pitch yeah but i love that yeah i would be so sad if people started playing this song at their weddings this was my next thought of this oh, is no. going to be a first dance song tanner oh no and it's totally You're totally right actually now like the more i think about it uh-huh. oh no it's not it's not a good thing i promised we'd talk about the music video a little bit do yourself a favor and watch this very poor attempt to distill a james bond plot <laughs> and make it into a music video it's so bad. It's like a drug deal or he's purchasing this woman who he wants to spend the rest of his life with or there is no hint at what could be going on. And it also seems like an ostensible extension of the video for his previous single from Dust Till Dawn, which also tried to go for the like intrigue espionage angle. Right. And did you hear it from Dust Till be- Dawn yep, playing at, at the, the beginning? beginning? And it's like, oh. oh. At least that was a better song than this. You are not a concept artist. But like, he's going to try. stop. And did you see how he beat up all those bad guys? Oh my gosh. With yeah. his fists? So pew, he pew, beats pew. people up and it's very uncomfortable because <laughs> all of the music drops out. It's really funny. And it's just this like Foley. So Foley is like <gasps> of sounds, you know, or like somebody <sighs> punching meat and it, you know, being recorded and put into a movie uh, track. It was so bad. And... True to the Bond theme, at the end, they ride off together in the distance on a boat with to be continued, kind of fading onto the screen. Great. His next song, I will call it now, will be about a breakup. Perfect. And I got a little heated there. Well, guys, I'm sorry. I was. No, it's okay. But I mean, that's more uh, emotion I can ever manage talking about Zane. So <laughs> I'm glad you brought that. <laughs> no, I'm. You know, as I said, I'm not a One Direction fan, never was, never will be, but I am really excited to track what they do. Yeah. I find it highly interesting. Uh, I'm going to toss it over to you, Tanner, because you want to get to it. Let's get it. <laughs> 
I do, but first off, I want to talk about probably the biggest uh, in terms of uh, a returning uh, superstar debut of the week, which is Cry Pretty by Carrie Underwood. You all know who Carrie Underwood is. Come on. This this is the equivalent of me talking about Drake last week. <laughs> Country icon, et cetera, et cetera. Her most recent album, Storyteller, was released back in 2015. Did all the usual things. Top of the country charts, went platinum, peaked at number two on the Billboard 200, blah, blah, blah. Last year, she took a little bit of time off, hung out with the family, switched labels from Arista to Universal. Got divorced. Hosted the Country Music Awards. You know, yeah. a casual year. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Sure. And then back in January, Caitlin and I are both prepping ourselves a little bit. <laughs> so back in January, she released The Champion, which was the official song for Super Bowl 52, which was her going in a more pop-oriented direction, stylistically. There weren't really any of the signifiers that usually uh, say, hey, this is a country song, you know, mm. steel guitars, acoustic guitars, what have you. That was ludicrous. The right? song also had ludicrous on it, yeah. which is kind of oh weird. Um, Amazing. I rather like ludicrous, but uh, not on this song and not the song in particular, uh, but you better believe I'm going to I'm gonna make us listen to a clip of it. This is The Champion. Caitlin, the song is terrible. I wonder how she's like, what she has to do with her voice to like cancel the twang so it isn't country. I can hear her struggle with it in that song and it makes me sad. And her voice sounds like super filtered yeah. in general. There's something really grating about it and it's particularly noticeable on the long notes. Mm. Uh, long time listeners might remember us mentioning the song in the debuts for one week. It debuted at number 47 in the Hot 100 and we sure did not talk about it. Uh, but we're talking about it now. Um, also, man, in that chorus, you have like that siren effect that's trying to like amp up the tension and you've got oh, crowd vocals that I always, like I usually hate crowd vocals, I know, but these ones are particularly bad because the way they're mixed mm. is so distant. Yeah. It sounds like they're way off in the bleachers and she's standing in the this center the of the Super football Bowl field. Song. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> but like, it, it just sounds like sloppy Yeah. in terms of integrating her voice with the voice of the crowd. Terrible, terrible song. But you jump a couple months forward to the present, and you have Cry Pretty. It's the lead single from her upcoming album of the same title, due for release in September. Let's take a listen. Lace or on stones, it don't matter if you're in a crowd or home alone. Yeah, it's all the same when you're looking in the mirror. A picture of pain, so let it Just walk away pretty much Take your way Through anything that you can't 
Okay, so at the front, I definitely don't think this is anywhere close to as bad as the champion. Mm-hmm. Like, not even. And you know me. I'm always uh, up for some triple meter. One, two, three. One, two, three. Love it. Love it. Always. But something about this song still kind of rubs me the wrong way. And it rubs me the wrong way in a way that's a little bit reminiscent of the champion. And I think a lot of it probably just boils down to my tendency to find songs that go for big, sweeping, large, kind of off-putting. Okay. And this is very much one of those songs. This Mm -hmm. is a get out your lighters or your cell phones nowadays. You're on the stadium. You're swaying. Again, that triple meter is very good for swaying. And I feel like the richness of Underwood's voice gets kind of swept away. Mm. Like I'm thinking particularly of uh, she had a song, a hit back in like 09 or something with Randy Travis. I told you so. Gorgeous, gorgeous song. Ballad, (laughs) vulnerable, aching, beautiful song. Or even, you know, before he cheats. Much more spiteful. Mm. But still communicates some semblance of personality. And I feel like this is kind of anonymous to a fault. And you know what? I feel like a lot of that is control too mm. especially like i love that song the i dug my key yeah. into that song and her voice is so just like it's focused mm-hmm. and it's like it's almost like a kind of paranoia mm. and i don't get that in the champion and i don't get that in this song either yeah. it's just kind of letting go of it a little bit and i wonder and this is my drama again I'm interested in what's happening in their lives yeah. when this stuff happens musically. Yeah. There have been divorce rumors with her and her husband and they've been married for like seven years. And um, he recently came out um, on Twitter with like some Bible verses and people said like, oh, he shut down the rumors that they're getting a divorce and all mm. this stuff. But I imagine that if you're trying to go into a studio and all of that's hanging on you, like the world thinks you're getting a divorce and whether or not that's true you know part of her image is this christian like good girl country singer and i can't imagine like going into a studio and then trying to perform and then trying to say anything yeah right it'd be hard at the very least no definitely yeah yeah and i'm definitely sympathetic to that and also sympathetic to the fact that most of the reason why i'm not feeling the song is probably personal preference mm. it's not the sort of thing that i can really like like with the champion i can be like here are these issues yeah with this one it's more like eh. right shrug we all have those exactly you might feel similarly about this next song let's <laughs> <Skid> it <sighs> what does it even mean it means whatever you want it to okay in this context it means <laughs> it's the second top 40 hit for the 17 year old flirting rapper lil pump probably remember his effervescent delightful song gucci gang gucci gang gucci gang gucci gang past pick of the week if i recall correctly i still think it's a very good song it is i like it it's quite charming it reminds me of um cardi b's money bag money bag money bag yep. money bag <laughs> repetition yeah always or often we'll say mm-hmm. uh for those that aren't as familiar with Lil pump he's usually categorized under the quote-unquote soundcloud rap label um, we've talked about other artists under that umbrella before. There's Six Nine. There's XXX Tentacion, Lucy Vert, uh, frequent Lil Pump collaborator, Smoke Perp. The list goes on. <laughs> this song in particular is the second single from Pump's upcoming mixtape called Harvard Dropout. Great title for a mixtape. <laughs> and Escaped is a great title for a song. Let's listen. Popping out the rape, it. Smashing on your bitch, it. 
Popping up, 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 Got a new car, got a new bush, and I got a new deal. Yeah, pick your rain froze, pick your rain froze, pick your rain covered and go. Put my diamonds on my neck, think I might choke. Had a three some with your bitch with my eyes closed. I'm a side hole, bring it through the back door. Oh, I got 80,000 in my envelope. I just got a Gucci game medal though. Then I got some homies that were federal. Look at my two tone protect. I smash out, let's forget. I got a fridge on my neck. I'm smoking gas on the jet. Ooh, I just let it flex. Blue like two million at Tussies. Ooh, I made your auntie a groupie. And you know my life for movie. No limit. Caitlin shaking her head at me, so this might be another one of those Freaky Friday situations, but reversed. Uh, so on one hand, I think this is another example, like Gucci Gang of Pump's ability to make a slogan stick in your brain, whether you want it to or not. Again, through the sheer force of repetition. Mm. And I think that's a really fine line to walk because if you overdo the repetition, Oof. it becomes really annoying. Yeah. And maybe you think the song is annoying, <laughs> but I don't. So bleh. no. So I like. I think there's something to be said for how Pump leans into how goofy and silly his music is. Mm. Especially if you look at the music video, which I don't know if you've watched. I haven't. So the music video opens with an armored uh, truck that pulls up. You know, like the sort that banks use to transport money. And on the side of the truck, it says "Esketit." in like a corporate logo kind of looking thing. And the bulk of the music video is him dancing behind the armored truck while the doors are open and money is falling out of it. And there's also like CGI tornadoes of money that's like shooting up from the ground in the background. It's oh, really dumb. My God. And then there are parts where he's like sitting on an ice throne with the wolf. And that's also really stupid. It's great. It's, uh. <laughs> it's so it's, it's really funny. And, and I look at that video and I'm like, there is absolutely no way that Lil Pump does not have some degree of humor about the music that he is making. I guess. I mean, to me, and this is no offense to my little brother who does not rap, <laughs> but it reminds me of like a little bro in his room, yep. like being a little angsty and like looking at memes and trying to be funny. And like, the things that stick out to me most are the little non-lyrical sounds he does, like, like that. And I can't roll my tongue, so I'm glad you did that for me. Yeah. Thank you. Or, like, when it, it, the background sketch comes in, like, get it! Like yeah, because that. that's one it's of his like, ad libs in general. Yeah. Right. Yep. And it's so, like, if you've ever had a younger brother in particular, they, at some age, become obsessed with repeating words that they know you don't like. And Esketit is one of them yes. for me. And when I heard that at first, I was like, oh my God, no, 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 no. I was like older sister mode, yes. like 2.0. Yes. And that is how, I guess that is my approach to this. Absolutely. And I, and I like the branding here is impeccable. You know, there are going to be shirts. I might buy one of those shirts. Oh, you should. Just to spite you. I also want to juxtapose that against another point I have here. After Gucci Gang blew up huge, went top five, I feel like a lot of people tried to criticize pump as being someone completely talentless because oh hey here's this really goofy song where he just says the same word over and over again for the most part he doesn't have any talent i'm not here to make the argument that pump is some sort of technical master in terms of rapping but i chose the clip that i played for a particular purpose because in that verse the second verse his rapping is pretty good he does some double time but then after he does the the double time for a couple lines he switches up again 
Like, like he's showing a degree of rhythmic variety that he didn't in Gucci Gang. Mm. And I feel like that at least indicates that contrary to what some people thought after Gucci Gang went big, it's not like he can't rap. Right. Yeah. Like he's, 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 an, he's a fine rapper mm-hmm. in a like, yeah, he, he can do it. He's not completely inept. He just likes to rap in a way that is very focused on making slogans that your little brother might yell at you when he's waiting for you to get out of the shower and flashing the lights on and off yeah to be really annoying oh my gosh that is literally the image it's so true i wonder if he's friends with lil zan i could see that lil zan uh having the hot 100 hit betrayed Mm. and having an album that came out a couple weeks ago called total xanarchy and it's really boring yeah but uh lil pump is a boring (laughs) at least i don't think so would you ever go see lil pump live no you're content with just sitting back. <laughs> I mean, that's how I am. It. That's how I am with the vast majority of artists. Like there are only a couple that I will get over my uh, aversion to live shows to go see. Fair enough. And Lil Pump certainly does not rise to that occasion. <laughs> but I can think of artists that I would be even less inclined to. Huh. But I think it's important to keep in mind that even though an artist is making songs that are goofy and fun and silly, that that does not necessarily mean that the songs are completely meritless. Mm. So fair enough. That's my that's my moral of the story. And in terms of a pick of the week, Caitlin, would you like to deliver the moral of this episode? Yes, we had a hung jury, everyone. We did this week. Tanner and I almost fought to the death over this one. Almost. We did not even come close to doing that. Nope. Um, <laughs> However, we compromised, as all good friends do. I think we can all guess Tanner's pick of the week. It was a sketch. Well, there there was a song I liked more. I liked the Young Thug and Nicki Minaj song more, but mm. that was one that you did not like at all. Whereas the Lil Pump song, you begrudgingly shrugged at. Yes, so. as I do my younger siblings. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, on the other hand, uh, enjoyed Forrest Gump. That is the Lasky song that was on my side of the charts this week. A little bit about him. Lasky is a member of the Harlem Spartans, or was. Uh, they're a hip-hop collective, and they associate themselves with Kennington, London, not to be confused with Kensington, which is kind of a richer area. Uh, that's pretty much all I know. So that's all I could find, and this is becoming a trend in my research when we see guys like Lasky, like B. Young, like EO, like Notes, like Young Bane. There is a massive list Tanner and I were accruing while we were preparing for this episode. Middle of the road hip hop, middle of the road rap. It sounds like we've heard it before and just for the sake of hearing it again, here's Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. I, I see everyone run off that field, get locked off when I'm up front. I don't try approach me, hazard and smoky, don't be dumb. I, I still send emoji, more time trophy to gorgeous ones. Spartan baby with the realest ones. I, Chucky and Italian shoes, I'm stepping in some retro J's. Pretty one come my way, Harlem Good is what I would say. I like it. It's upbeat. The production is, I think, what sets it apart from the music of the list of names I said earlier. That's kind of all I have to say about it. Yeah. So no pick of the week. So we'll be closing uh, with the music that we opened with, which was written by our good friend Peter Kelly at Coronation Media. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, (laughs) thank you so much for listening to Chart Chat. 
If you'd like to listen to all of this past week's chart debuts, you can find YouTube and Spotify playlists in the show notes. And if you have questions, feedback, or corrections, you can get in touch with us via email at chartchatcast at gmail.com. A brief note on the corrections front, I believe Caitlin had a quick self-correction about something. Yes, that was the Cardi B um, from last week. The sample on I Like It was, in fact, not from the 1990s. The sam- That was what I was thinking of. That song actually charted. But the song that charted that used the same sample Cardi B uses was from Boogaloo artist Pete Rodriguez, I think his name. And uh, that was from 1967. So there you go. Shame on me. No, shame. No shame. shame. We welcome any and all <laughs> corrections, whether or not they come from ourselves. And if you're interested in following us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Chart Chat and on Instagram also at Chart Chat. And as always, if you feel so inclined, please consider rating and reviewing us on your audio platform of choice. Helps us find new listeners. We love the feedback. We welcome it. We cherish it. As I mentioned before, Chart Chat's intro theme was written by Peter Kelly, and our cover art was made by Billy Phillips, both from Coronation Media. Coronation Media is a creative studio specializing in video production, animation, and graphic design. To learn what they can do for your company or organization, visit www.coronationmedia.com. Chart Chat is also a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. Thanks again for listening to Chart Chat. I'm Tanner Green. And I'm Caitlin Flay. And we'll catch you next week. Get it. Get it. It reminds me of like Ed, Ed, and Eddie.